like, you know, a few weeks before, and I was like, yeah, I, I, I know about that, you know? So you had just seen the, the, the National Lampoon billboard for, uh, what was it called again? Oh, yeah. Oh, a, a, a something insignificant gesture, or something like that. Yeah, a, or a few, few, a f- futile... A futile something gesture. Yeah. Let me look it up. Which gonna, was just brilliant. That whole story was just fantastic. I'm, so I'm going to go to the tape. So when you saw the movie, did you, like, did you feel like, wow, like, this is my tribe, these are my people, like, I, 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 I need to, t- if, if I had the time machine right next to me right now, that would be a time that i transport to and, and, you know, hang out with those writers. Because I tell you, that writing room looked so kick-ass. They, they looked like they were just having so much fun. A futile and stupid gesture. Oh, my yeah. God. Right? There it is. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, I, I thought Will Forte was amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, as Doug Kenny. And I wish, forgive me, I, I wish I could remember who played Michael O'Donoghue. Um, and all those guys. I mean, it was every, great. Martin Mull was in it. Yeah, Martin Which was real, just brilliant. The real Martin Mull. God, Mar- was he part of National Lampoon, too? That I don't, no? re- that I don't recall. Uh, oh, and Joe McHale played Chevy Chase, right? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, anyway, it was, it was just, yeah, I had seen the billboard. And I was a huge fan of Michael O'Donoghue because I had read the biography of O'Donoghue oh. like, probably like 15, 20 years ago already. It's called Mr. Mike. I remember that because that was his nickname on SNL um, when he was a writer and a uh, performer, uh, on-camera performer for SNL. He was the one who wrote, I would like to feed your fingertips to the Wolverines for Belushi. Um, and then he would appear as Mr. Mike, Mr. Mike's Bedtime Stories or... I forget what the actual. So title was he was. there since the earlier incarnation of yeah, SNL? Yeah, he was there from the very beginning in 1975. Okay, wow, so that makes sense. Okay, so that's because I remember in the movie, Lauren Michaels, you know, talks to Doug Kenny. He's like, "Oh yeah, do you want to be a writer for the show?" And he's like, "Dude, for, screw you, man! No way! You took you yeah. took all my people." Yeah, he like. <laughs> I'm not gonna write for you. You, you're what you're doing on TV right now is what we're doing on National Lampoon. He cherry picked. He cherry picked all the. The talent. John Belushi, Bill Murray, Chevy yeah. Chase, uh, Rick Moranis. Well, Rick Moranis was not on SNL, was he? He was the SCTV, or no, wait, or was he? Oh, no, wait, not Rick Moranis. Um, Harold Ramis, that's what I'm thinking oh, of. Oh, Ramis, Ramis, yeah. Harold Ramis was a part of that. National yeah. Lampoon. Um, Gilda Radner. Uh, who the heck else were they? Was um, Murray in that? Bill Murray? Oh, yeah, Bill Murray. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who was, right? Yeah. Uh, Oh, Christopher Guest. He was part of National Lampoon. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah, it's amazing. The whole and I way. loved the fact, like, just that evolution. It went, it went from, you know, the Harvard Lampoon, and then they go, hey, can we kind of license this? Can we put a, I want to keep doing the newspaper. So they do National Lampoon. And then after a while, then they go, okay, let's start doing the radio hour. And which, after watching that movie, it led me down the radio hour, like, rabbit hole. I started looking up and listening to the National Lampoon radio hour. Oh, my God. It's just brilliant. It's so good. Oh, wow. Yeah, I haven't, I've only heard clips of those things over the years, like... Way, going way back, you know. So I've never really gone down that rabbit hole, but I would love to. It's it's just amazing the history of all that stuff, and I love in the movie how they keep um, they keep the guy the who what was his name the, the the main guy the the boss or if you will the guy behind the financing and everything. He was just, oh, the guy who he, he was the giving pipe? yeah they were he was giving him oh no not the pipe the other guy the the, the older guy oh yeah where they oh, kept yeah. they kept going to him oh, and being yeah. like well here's what we want to do next he's like you guys are gonna kill me you're gonna give me a heart attack and they just kept hammering him and then they would always somehow work it out where they got their way yeah and, they always but, talked him into it but they were pushing the envelope obviously they were evolving and it the growing pains like associated with 
you know, moving forward like that. I mean, they were totally expanding the, the form. It was cool, too, because they mentioned Mad Magazine in there. They mentioned yeah. Mad Magazine oh, yeah. in the movie, which was great that they... Now, this is the other thing I'm wondering. I wonder if any Mad Magazine people blended with National Lampoon people. I wonder if, they, if, if there were either writers or, yeah. you know, on either side of that coin. That'd be interesting to find I out. I don't know. I, I imagine there's probably some, like, overlap. So do you think... Mad, so Mad Magazine has been out a long, long, long time. I mean, do you think that came out before National Lampoon? Oh, yeah. Mad was around. I only know that because um, uh, during, the, during the film on Jim Morrison, the documentary, he read Mad Magazine. Oh! When he was a teenager, or even a, like his early teens, in the late 50s. So Mad Magazine's been around at least since the 50s. I think it came out in maybe the mid to late 50s is when it started offhand. And then obviously the Lampoon was more like, what, the early 70s? Yeah, so it it, it does, it totally has that vibe that a lot of those National Lampoon guys were brought up on Mad Magazine. Oh, yeah. That's what it feels like. Like, they, they're all these, like, mischievous, you know. <laughs> I remember reading my magazine, Mad, Mad Magazines growing up and bringing them to school, and oh, I'd yeah, sleep with them too. under my pillow, and, oh, God, I love them. Do Mad you remember the back, the, the fold-out? The LJ feet. Yeah, uh, the, yeah, oh, the yeah. thing you would fold in or fold out or whatever. That was amazing. Yeah, I always brought those to school. We would trade them at school at lunch. Or out on the playground. Uh, Mad Magazine. So that I don't know if you know this, but they recently they they started over at number one now. Did oh, you hear about no, that? No. So they they I mean it's technically issue five hundred and whatever, but um, right before April, it was a great April Fool's joke. In May they go, This is the last issue of Mad Magazine ever. And it tricked me into buying it and I bought it. And like this is the last issue of Mad Magazine. And um, they said this is uh, now that we've moved to California, Alfred E. Newman has a whole new look. And we're no longer going to call him Alfred. He's now Al. And you see this picture of Alfred, and he, Alfred E. Newman. He's standing in a suit, nice-looking suit. His teeth are straight, perfectly white. His hair is combed. His, his eyes aren't, you know, sh- sh- cr- slightly crooked. He's going I mean, all he's, Hollywood. He's like, yeah. yeah. And... And they're like, uh, work done? they're like, check out the new man, N-E-U hyphen man. Check out the new man. Oh, right. And so there was this big thing of like, and so on the, the mad Twitter account, they just kept talking about, you know, all the very sort of shallow stuff that they're going to do with mad now that they're out here in California. Because, you know, they used to be out in New York. Yeah. So right now they're in Burbank. So I want to go in there and interview those guys, either on the podcast or have them come into K-Chung, have them sit in the studio. That's awesome. Awesome. My dream when I was a little kid was to work for Mad Magazine. Was to was to draw, you know, to draw for that comic and stuff. And God, it would be so much fun. You should, you should show me your stuff. Wouldn't that be so much? Oh my God, that was oh, that was so much fun. That would be amazing. I'm sure between you and I, we could come up with some fun little. I had no idea they had rebooted it. I had no idea they're in Burbank. Isn't that crazy? Well, then they started over with issue number one. It was yeah. so funny because, um, because the the. The, the new look of the magazine, it has the original logo of what Mad Magazine used to be way back then. Remember? remember? Okay, so do you remember in the old days? So Mad Magazine actually used to have a tinier magazine inside of it. Do you remember that? My dad used to have all these old Mad Magazines. When I go to my grandma and grandpa's house, we go up in the attic, and he had all these old mag- Mad Magazines, and in there were smaller Smaller magazines. Yeah, I know. I've seen it those. Was so strange. I think my cousin had those. My older cousin. 
So mad it used to be. It has to look. It used to look like 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 sharp, you yeah. know, almost like mountains, like cha cha cha. Yeah, very jagged. Yeah. So now that's what the new cover looks like. Wow, wow. It's so interesting how that happened. And did they re- were they joking about Alfred? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like he's gone right back to what he was. Yeah. Like, it turns one. out that was their that was their hoax. You uh, know, April it's a, Fool's it was probably to drive up sales or something. That's but they awesome. came out with a thing on uh, Twitter going, yes, at this that's convention or whatever, you know, uh, this Mad Magazine, you know. Executive, you know, made the announcement that it was all a big hoax and it was all a big joke, and you know, don't worry, we're not changing Alfred's image. That's don't brilliant. worry. Um, I'm so curious what happened to all those old artists, like Mort Drucker. He was one of my favorite artists in there. He was the guy who did all of the parodies of movies and stuff. Oh yeah. Um, what was, was the other guy? Don. Uh... There was a Jack Davis. There was that guy. Oh, uh, um, Don. Um, uh. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, he drew like a real elongated kind yeah, of yeah, and the nose. They would have the, the nose, yeah. Da- and then there was Spy versus Don spy, Martin, of course. Don, was it Don Martin? Don Martin. That sounds right. Don, sounds familiar. Yeah. Let's go to the tape. But yeah, and then who? who uh, yeah, Spy versus Spy. Oh, I loved. Spy and I loved spy. the tiny little. Oh, Spy versus Spy, so good. And the, and then the, in the tiny little Sergio Aragones. Yeah. Aragones. He draws all those little tiny guys in the margin. Oh my god! Yeah, here we go, Don Martin. You were right. Oh, Don Martin. Don Martin cartoons. Was he? So he was in Mad. <laughs> all right. There he is. <laughs> Many fingers up the nose, kind of thing. That Jack Davis. I looked up that guy, and uh, it turns out he like he lives out in Florida or something, and he still draws. He does like caricatures and stuff. He still draws. Really? And I'm thinking, dude. How cool would that be if you just came right back to Mad Magazine? <laughs> you know? Like, just start drawing for Mad Magazine. That was one Full of the things... Full circle, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so, with the, um... With the National Lampoon, the, uh, Insignificant... Or, oh, gosh, what was that? Uh, something Insignificant Gesture. That movie, did you also see that there was a documentary about it, too? So, after I saw the movie about National Lampoon, I watched the documentary about National Lampoon, and it was great to be able to match up the young yeah. faces and the young the real life people with what I just saw in you the biopic whole day. Well, I've been so busy with my own doc that I you know half the time I don't Dude, even know what's it'll going inspire on. you again it'll read I had that. no idea someone had done a doc on that. oh that's amazing God. it's so cool it's I thought so of doing cool. one on I think I told you I thought of doing one on o- O'Donoghue at one point um but that's oh my god because it's just so big like all of those those personalities I can't wait to see that I need to make a note of that do you remember what the doc title is? Uh, um, oh god, um, something stoned, stoned something. Oh, well, at the very least, I'll just write. Nat- if you look up National Lampoon doc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, awesome. It was really cool to see these guys talking about this, um, and the Nat led me down a rabbit hole of like looking up interviews with these guys, and. Um, One of the guys, one of the guys who was one of the artists for it, he's like, oh yeah, I still draw all the time. It's like, I still have to draw all the time. I don't, I have no place, I don't know where, you know, I have nowhere to put this art. Like no one's, you know, he's like, maybe the New Yorker will take it or something. I don't know. But he's like, I have all this art and I'm, I'm always still drawing. And I'm thinking, dude, how crazy would that guy, would that be if he's, if, 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 if I can bridge the gap between National Lampoon and Mad and I can get that guy to start having his art appear in the Mad Magazine, oh my God, how crazy would that be? That's amazing. 
So, so is, he, is he like a retired guy? Like well, I tried guy? looking for an email. I tried looking for anything to try to get. Yeah, he's an older fella. I tried looking for anything to try to get a hold of him, um, and I I couldn't couldn't find him. I forgot what his name was. Is but um, gosh. Now here's what I'm looking he's up. So cool. Now, do you do you remember? Now that I know this is before our time, but EC. E.C. Collins oh. and William Gaines. Right? Oh, William Gaines was the guy who helped with MAD. That, yeah. He did, right? Didn't, yeah. did he help launch MAD? Dude, okay, and that was one of my other things. Right? That was what's so crazy when I saw the, the biopic about you know, National Lampoons. The crazy thing is, a few, a few months ago when I was out in Chicago, so this is crazy because it ties in a couple of things. A few months ago when I was in Chicago, gosh, maybe... I took my mom. I took my mom's car into the shop. I was sitting there, and something happened where I just started thinking about National, National Lampoon, and I just started going down the rabbit hole, just researching it, researching it, and going, "Oh my God, I would love it if they made a movie about National Lampoon." And I thought that would be so fun to be the guy who helps bring this story to light. Well, then, little did I realize, within you know, I don't know, within this time, maybe it was about a year ago, within that time. Those two movies ended up becoming, you know, out there in the world. Now, that exploded my brain. Number two, the way that the, the, the biopic was edited was exactly the way that I envisioned, because, and I still would love to, I wanted to do a movie about Mad Magazine. And the way that that movie presented National Lampoon was the way that I was envisioning, like the way that they do cut screens and all this crazy stuff and the oh, way yeah. they did montages. That's how I was imagining how this Mad Magazine movie would be. So you see young William Gaines, you know, you, you see all those artists, you see, what is it, what, it must have been crazy in those Mad Magazine offices. It always has that feeling, right? Oh, yeah. Like, Yeah, all cylinders firing at yeah. once, you know? Yeah, I love, I, I love how you said how they did like a split screen because when I, when I watched it, it made me think of like they literally were, um, you know, pulling the aesthetic from the pages of the magazine, like you know where there's the panels and uh, and they literally like brought that to life on the, on the screen. Oh my god! And uh, it totally worked. It I, did. I loved it. I uh, yeah, that that movie messed me up in a good way. I mean, it was really it sta- it stayed with me. It was haunting. You know, the, the me way, too. I don't want to. I don't know if we should do. You know, so, so-called spoiler alert, right? I mean, anyone who knows the gist of you know Lampoon knows uh, how things sort of yeah turned out. But let's, I'll just say you know to keep it. You're talking Dan, Doug Kenny. Doug Kenny. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, like the, the the way the film ended, obviously, was just so haunting. And, uh, yeah, it was brilliant how they tied that in there. How they because yeah, it was sad, but it was it was life affirming. Yeah. But it also captured Kenny's dark sense of humor and the whole. It was. It worked on so many levels. The way, I, I in my opinion, the way they chose to end it, I just thought was was fantastic. Well, dude, and the dialogue between the guys and like the vocabulary they're using and like just those little simple things where you could tell they got a kick out of play on words and puns. And oh yeah. You never see that in movies where they're just like playing with language. Like there's a part where, oh, the one guy with the pipe, the really intellectual dude. And I just love seeing those guys just riff off each other. It was just so awesome. It's like just just watching the uh, the the wit spark between those guys. Um, there's a part where he goes, he goes, "Are you thirsty? Would you would you like a spree tay?" And it's a sprite. He's only a sprite. He's like, "Would you like a spree tay?" And you're going, 
Yes, man, that's awesome. He's playing with the language. Ah, oh, it was just so cool. It was so cool to see. Again, he was fantastic. Forte was fantastic. Uh, I always liked that guy for everything he's done, but he was just amazing, I thought. And everyone was. Everyone was great. I mean, I feel bad. I can't, I can't off the top of my head, think of the guy, the, the real-life guy with the pipe, his partner. In the early, oh, yeah. in the early days, um, at any rate, he was awesome too. <laughs> yeah, because the two of them were the co-founders, basically. Yeah, and then they had that kind of yin-yang dynamic where the one guy was, you know, way more introverted and reserved, and then Kenny was Kenny, you know, like bouncing off the the, <laughs> the walls, you know, in the best sense of the term. And the, the way they sparked each other. You know? Well, it's neat how their their sort of precipitation fed one another. So it started with Harvard Lampoon, and then when they made when they turned when they decided to get into making movies, they make Animal House, which is based on their college years. Yeah. So it's like they're it. And then that goes on to be, I think they said right, the the biggest grossing comedy <sighs> film in history at that point. Anyway. And then what a brilliant idea it's like to be like National Lampoon. Animal House. So then, so now, <clears throat> ideally, while that movie's out, it's leading people right back to the magazine. Yeah. And then while they got the magazine, they're they're promoting the movie. So it's just like synergy. Either yeah. way, ah. Oh. Yeah, that, that's amazing. Then of course they can they could broadcast you know uh, 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 promote the radio hour within the magazine too, which was great. I think they even said didn't, didn't they? They were totally met with opposition. Like you can't. What you're gonna what? You're gonna do a, a, a movie about or being all stoned and drunk in your college days, and you know being crazy like that'll never, that'll never do anything. Just like they later did Caddyshack, right? Oh, that's right. That was one of the things that he was so pissed off about is that they right. insisted on having that little gopher in there. Yeah, that was one of the big things. He said, "Hey, put this gopher in here. What's that gopher doing in there?" The dancing gopher. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Gopher. It's all right. <laughs> oh my god. He's doing the little. Oh yeah. Oh jeez. <laughs> I like when the gopher pops up and he and he, I think he coughs out like a, a dust, little dust cloud. Oh yeah. And then he starts, <laughs> just starts looking around like this. And he's like, oh my God. <laughs> starts shimmying and dancing. Oh yeah. Absolutely hilarious. I love that gopher so much that at one point years ago, I had they sold like a little animatronic version of it. You know where it would dance around. Really? Yeah. Did it dance around to that song? Yeah. It's yeah. all right. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Kenny Loggins, right? Or as I call him, The Loggins. The Loggins. I mean, that would be interesting. Like, I just had this idea. Um, Kenny Loggins, and but he's like dressed as Lumberjack, you know. <laughs> oh, the, maybe he, the name of his album is Timber, you know. He's the new... He's the new, uh... <coughs> he's the new Paul Bunyan? Excuse me, yeah. He's the new face of Brawny. Brawny Paper Towels with Kenny Loggins. Uh, all right. <coughs> oh, That's right. <coughs> yeah, and it's just a series Went of things wrong pipe. getting spilled. Yeah, see, that's, right. that's an instant karma for me making fun of Kenny Loggins. I start choking on, oh, yeah. on orange juice. He hacked in, or <coughs> logged in, if you will, to your... Uh, I'm brownie. Don't worry about me. I believe the correct lyric is, Why you got to give me fight? Why you got to give me fight? Why you got to give me fight? I could be wrong on that. I'm sure I am, actually, but... 
So fun. do you think that Doug Kenny sort of saw the gopher as like the Jar Jar Binks of Caddyshack? <laughs> yes and yes. Oh my god, I love it. I just, I love that they got that gopher in there. Yeah. That's like one of the... It added this whole extra surreal element to it. One of the great moments in Hollywood history. The gopher. Yeah. And Bill Murray's interaction with said gopher. Uh, yeah, because at first... The, the it, varmint, as he said, remember that? Yeah, at first you could get the idea that maybe the gopher is sort of like a, the snuffleupagus. You know, it's like the snuffleupagus is to Big Bird as this gopher is to Bill Murray's character. Like, maybe it's just imaginary because he's drunk and, like, stoned all the time. But then you realize, oh, wait, this gopher actually is real and it's causing trouble. It's this whole hallucination uh, subtext. I'm having all these caddy... Caddyshack flashbacks now. Something popped in my brain. You know, I, I was thinking, okay, so National Lampoon, they ended up putting out the yearbook. Remember they were talking about the yearbook? Yeah. And um, I started thinking about that. Like, dude, that's an untapped resource. Imagine if you were to do, you do the, a movie version of the National Lampoon yearbook. We get National Lampoon to have it, the National Lampoon yearbook. We, we, we use the same characters that are presented in the yearbook. We, uh, we get people, you know, who look like those characters, and we just have a story. We just piece together, you know, here's this person in the chess club, here's this person here. All of those pe- all those characters are already set up. All we have to do is create a story and plug those guys into something. Flush them out. Yeah, yeah, that could be pretty cool. So then it could lead people back to the National Anthem. Is it the green button? Absolutely. Does that guy kind of look like uh, Mickey Rourke from the olden days? Like if he hadn't gotten oh, all the plastic oh, yeah. surgery? yeah. It was just like Mickey Rourke. Hello, miss. Uh, wait, do you work here? Or do you just look very official? Um, may I please have some coffee, please? Can I get a coffee? Oh, yes, please. That'd be great if you don't work here, but you got the coffee anyway. Yeah, yeah. You're like, watch this. Check yeah. this out. Check it out. Uh, oh, we're good on time. Okay, good. Worldwide or whatever. So, is Anchor, is that the, that's the main thing I need to do, is just get Anchor? Yeah, download the Anchor app. Okay. And it's... It's it's free. It's the easiest way to make a podcast, and I, just like you were saying, it's like I, I could never. It was tricky to wrap my brain around it. It's like, down. okay, who hosts my podcast? Where do I put the podcast? Yeah. What? How do I make the podcast? How does it get out there to anybody? It, it was it was a very sort of unknown thing, and I think that's why I kind of held off. I, I did one, or I did a. Let me correct that. I did like three episodes of what I call the podcast of Inspirato Projecto and I just kind of edited them edited the sounds together the first one was like an hour and a half and I edited different sounds together and I just put it up on Mixcloud you know I called it a podcast only because I was just defining it as that I didn't even know if it was actually considered a podcast you know it, it wasn't it wasn't like something that you could subscribe to I always heard about this thing called the RSS feed and I never knew what the heck, the heck that was all about but I knew I knew one little piece of, the, of, of what RSS feed was is that it was somehow a subscribable thing and somehow it would show up in your bookmarks or something. I don't know. I don't know anything beyond that. But it was a very confusing thing. And then um, I was looking into it and I was just trying to figure it out and it seemed like there were sites that wanted you to pay money each month for them to host your podcast. And I'm like, well, I, I just don't know what that's all about. I have no idea. And then Anchor came along and... Um, and it's crazy because my dad had told me, he's like, you know, um, I like listening to your radio show, but it's like my battery runs out on my iPad, you know, while I'm listening to it. He goes, have you thought about making podcasts? You know, maybe 10 minutes here, there, you know, 20 minutes. 
I thought, well, that's a good idea. So that was in my brain for a while. And then all of a sudden my buddy Lawrence goes, hey, check out this, check out this app, check out Anchor. I look at it and I'm like, and it's like, and it's not kidding. The easiest way to podcast ever. You, you download it. You got, you know, like for this. So when you, when you hit the button to, to hit record, it comes up with a screen. You put your finger down see where it looks like it looks like a locked thing yeah. right now. So what you do is before before it's that it's just a screen and it shows it's like it's like okay press this button. So what you do is you hold your finger down and you slide it up and it locks it. So that way I don't have to touch it. Oh, oh I see. Or that's one way to do it or you can just it recognizes if you hold the phone up to your ear then it'll start going. But that's you know that's good for if you're on a phone with someone or something. But not good if you're trying to do a podcast. You're like, okay, I got this. You know, I got to hold my hand up this whole time. <laughs> so for 45 minutes. Yeah. yeah. So once I figured out that you could go, and then it locks, it locks the microphone in place. Will you send me? Um, I'm writing all this stuff down. Will you send me the link for your little your mic? Oh yeah, for sure. You just for get sure. it on Amazon or whatever. Oh right? yeah, yeah. I was looking up um, um, uh, smartphone mics. And um, I got this one. I also got another one. I don't experiment with the other one as much as this one, only because my adapter on my phone, this this has a longer, I guess, I don't know what you call it, end to it. So it so it goes up in there. My other microphone, I'd have to take this little piece off and plug it in. Oh, okay. It might be a, it might be a crispier one. Anyway, it's, so basically, yeah, for something like this, this kind of microphone would be good. Yeah, because um, the case goes past the. Yeah. Outside the jack or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I will, I will let you know where to, um, where to get that microphone. But yeah, it, it used to be a big mystery for me too about podcasts. I mean, it was just such a big mystery. I mean, once oh, Anchor came along, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I mean, it takes all the guesswork out of it. All the, it does. You know, it just lets you get up and running. I mean, well, yeah, and that's the thing too. Even if you do the poor man's version, quote poor man's version, unquote, which I was doing in the very, very beginning, which was. I would just re- I would just hit record and I would just record it for maybe 20 minutes, maybe 40 minutes, who knows, 15 minutes or something. And then bam, that was my podcast. Okay, publish it. You know, give it a name, give it a little description. Okay, bam, publish it. And then I started kind of feeling more and more secure with how it was working and seeing how its behavior was. And then I and then I started figuring out that I could like like behind this, behind this talking right now, I could actually add they have a selection of 20 different just ambient sounds you could, that you could already place underneath oh, so you can do this. the actual background music and everything? Yeah, within it. That's amazing. So then I could just pick one of those things, you know, let's say, say if I'm telling a spooky story, there's a thing on there that's called Weirder Things, which kind of sounds like a Stranger Things kind oh, of music. Yeah, yeah. There's one that sounds like, or it's one that says Ghost, which is kind of like, you know, kind of an ethereal sound. There's one that's you know, futuristic. So it's like, bloop, 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 you know, all kinds what of different you, little sounds. What if you want to do, can you customize, can you do your own thing too and then catch I don't in? think you could, or well, but that's a whole the way that you would do that deal. is you you would have to edit that separately probably on a different program and then bring it into okay. like your laptop version or something. You know, okay. if, you, if you did that and you saved it to a file. Um, so who owns it? Do you own your like? Do you own the once it goes on iTunes and I, all that? Is it owned? I guess like you own Inspirato Projecto. Or, I, I mean, if it ever came that. down to that, I don't know. I think so. I hope so. It's, it's an interesting thought. Like I hope who owns I would. the content, or is it 
fair use or is it? It's such a good question because there was a while ago where people were saying that anything you post on Facebook, For Facebook domain, owns or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. So right? it's like, wait, uh, hold on a second. <laughs> Why am I just learning this now? Yeah. So those pictures of my kid, uh, <laughs> you are yeah. Zuckerberg owns it. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, it's amazing. I, I know we were talking earlier, uh, like the. The whole history, I'm, ooh, maybe there's the topic of my next doc, podcasts. <laughs> Although somebody's probably done one. Um, but like the oh, whole, the history of podcasts? Yeah, just like how it's become, how it's gotten to this oh. point of traction. Because like we were saying earlier, off off mic, I guess, um, you know, like like it seems like 10 or 15 years ago, it could be longer. Like I remember, back when people had Blogger, remember Blogger? Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's definitely... 15, 20 years ago, I guess. Oh, yeah. And I remember, like, seeing the little RSS feed icon, just like you yes. did. And what is this mysterious little thing? And yes, I know what it does in theory. Right. And, but did I ever take the time to, like, dive into that? No, because, you know, I'm juggling all the other stuff. But you would, you'd hear about, like, oh, so-and-so has a podcast, using the air quotes, right? And I remember just thinking it was such a cool concept, but, like, where do you get them? Where do you find them? Where do you hear them? Other than on some guy's blog that you happen to come across yeah, yeah, yeah. before you go to bed one night on your laptop yeah, and then yeah. you forget about it. Right. And now, clearly, like I assumed back then, even in the early days of iTunes, podcasts probably weren't on there, or certainly not the way they're now. At any rate, they're gaining traction. It's become a definite thing in the zeitgeist. It's crazy. You I know? was just reading recently, there was an article where it was saying that podcasts are now becoming like the new wave of like... Like, it's so crazy. We, we're successfully... The, re, the, the revelation struck me that... I am actually now living in the moments of life where I actually have my own network, so to speak. My own radio network, so to speak. <laughs> in addition, let's say K-Chung, yeah, I got my own radio show. This is my own... I mean, it blows my mind the fact that we can create something like this podcast. It goes out to iTunes. It goes out to... Who knows how many other, you know, depending on what, however many podcast directories you place it in, um, depending on how many apps pick it up, there are a bunch of different podcast apps out there too. So now people, you know, they just stumble across this stuff while they're looking at another podcast. You know, they'll say like, okay, you might like this, you know, kind of like how they do on YouTube. Oh, if you like this video, you might like these. And so now it seems like more and more now people could just accidentally stumble in into your in your podcast the and, matrix yeah and then you become the information for something that someone out there is doing like my buddy John Garside now he's contributing he's a forgotten tales guy um he's on anchor he's now contributing stuff and um we just came to that revelation of like holy cow here here we are standing in the future now like we no longer have to worry about Oh, will 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 a famous radio station out there ever have an interview with me or play my music? Okay, who cares? <laughs> Dump it into your podcast, upload it to iTunes. It's, now anybody everywhere can hear it globally. <laughs> dare dare we say it's like um, it's like uh, what you know the equivalent, the analog. It's like punk rock, you know, like DIY, do it yourself, just yeah. do it, just yeah. grab it and do it. You don't need to be <laughs> like even a couple months ago when you and I talked about this, or maybe it was. Better part of a year ago already. When you you were back then, you were inspiring me. You were like, you got to do one of these, and 
Just like you did with Instagram. Remember for years, you're like, you got to get on there. <laughs> Only took me like four or five years. But, <laughs> um, but even then, like I remember thinking, okay, so, or asking you, I was like, so what do I need to get? Like pro grade headphones? I have those. Uh, like I thought I needed to get like the headphones, the mic, the whole kit, like the podcast kit. And I know because I, I checked it out. They sell them on Amazon or whatever. But even now you're saying like you don't, you don't even you don't even need to do that. You just get the iPhone and go, or your whatever. The, you know, phone. Anchor is like the ultimate, like like ultimate. I'll put I'll say it this way: like for the person who really would prefer not to edit a whole bunch of stuff together and deal with a whole bunch of technical stuff, yeah. Anchor is that person's dream for podcasting, yeah. <laughs> which is that part of me. That's uh. why it appeals to that part of me. Concerning such an unknown territory, if that makes sense. Like, if I'm going to enter an unknown territory, I would really like it to be, you know, give me the golden nuggets, you hand me those so I know what to do in this area. You know, this is that. <laughs> so it's that's, like, that's awesome. you just unable to record on it and there That's it goes. totally me because if you're slammed for time, you know, time constraints or whatever, your job, your kids, your commitments all the various things you know then yeah like this is a way for you to just dive in and do it well, I mean, there's no excuse not to do dude, it and you can record people before your swim meets after your swim meets you can ask talk to your coach you know oh so how long you been doing this or you know what strange stories have you come across and you know everyone then becomes a potential interviewee interviewee yeah, yeah interviewer interviewee that's, everyone then becomes a that's really funny you say that because I, I I don't know if I've told you I think it happened months ago but it happened again I blew out my right shoulder again oh god so doing sprints in the pool with, with my coach or my, my trainer Mario and uh, it's an old injury from you know high school but at any rate I haven't been able to do any meets mm. because it's that's what you do you're sprinting I was always a sprinter so now it's kind of fun for me like I'm, I'm just doing drills with him that aren't invasive uh, aren't specific to the windmill a- uh, even that hurts oh, the, the windmill action of you know sw- swimming freestyle or whatever um, so now I'm just more like kickboard stuff and working on my core and all this kind of thing and so I was like okay well if I'm not doing the meets then I can at least still work out and just make sure I don't hammer my shoulder and so now it's fun for me like that you because you mentioned that once before like you could interview the people on your team like I'm still on the team and I still work out but I just don't go to the meets and um, but now maybe I will maybe I'll, I'll have another I'll hit it from another angle like go inter- I get a mic like you have and just go <laughs> Hey, do you want to be part of this uh, episode about oh swimming? God, you know, swim so season. much fun. Swimming and, as an adult, you know. Well, and of. it's great too. It's perfect for like times where you're waiting for something, or there's, you know, you know, I, let's say you're, let's say you've got a, a meeting with your lawyer or something, and he's, you know, out to lunch. Be back in 15 minutes. Well, okay, cool. While you're there, freaking make a podcast. <laughs> you know, it's it's perfect. <laughs> While you're sitting in the car, while you're driving someplace, you know, just put this right on the seat next to you. While you're pumping gas in your car and you got the little clip on auto. Oh, yeah. Clip, you just make a podcast in those seven minutes or oh, whatever shit. it is, yeah, five minutes. Yeah, And then interview the <laughs> interview the guy behind the desk, you right. know, at the on the counter. It's, it's, uh, it's say, amazing. Can you change the oil? Say. Oh, yeah, say. Can you do this podcast? Can you be a guest on the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> say. <laughs> Tell us about your gasoline. So I got to say. I got to tell you this. This is amazing. So, uh, obviously, you've met Heidi, right? Mm-hmm. For those uh, who don't, my girlfriend, Heidi. Um, she's a huge podcast enthusiast. She listens to these amazing, like, she's turning me on to so many different ones. Like, there's one about wine. 
that takes all like the bourgeois elements of the world of wine out of the equation and, and just brings it down to earth and pops a lot of those balloons, those myths about mm. wine. And it's, it's just amazing. It's really entertaining. But um, And then there's a bunch about Joshua Tree. I told you about that. We um, or, or, There's a few anyway about Joshua Tree and... You know, living in Joshua Tree or what goes on out in the desert. And wow. Like where you and I went out there for desert days a few years ago. And um, that's when Joshua Tree really got under my skin. Like I'd always been fascinated with the desert. Oh, yeah. Largely because of, I think, growing up with Jim. Like Morrison singing Riders on the Storm and his whole riff about an existential hitchhiker in the desert and desert themes and stuff. So it was always like in the back of my brain. But the last like four or five years, I've started reading Dwell Magazine about container homes, homes made out of shipping containers. Yes! People living in these out in the Joshua Tree area, the desert, the Yucca Valley. So there's podcasts about all anything you can name. And, and But my favorite one, Heidi turned me on in this one. I looked it up because I couldn't remember the name. Uh, I'm not sure if it's the actual podcast name, but it's a dude. <laughs> it's a dude who reads the 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 newsletter that Trader Joe's puts out like I think it's a monthly newsletter I've seen it a million times but it's called The Fearless Flyer so all he does is he reads <laughs> he it he literally reads The Fearless Flyer and it's one of the most fascinating things I've ever and it's hilarious but it's also informative <laughs> it works like on every level that's right? incredible so I highly recommend you check out this guy's podcast well you know it's so crazy because my buddy John Garside was telling me he's like you know I had been thinking about doing a podcast and he's like okay and then I thought okay how do I start a podcast and He's, he's looking at these websites, and the websites are like, well, you know, and they're, and they're giving you just these, like, strict, like, rules and regulations. And, oh, well, you better have this. Or, oh, you've got to have that. You better have this. And, oh, it's got to be that way, and it's got to be this quality. So it's like this, like, ah, this huge, like, yeah. So then it, it got into his head where he got intimidated going, oh, geez, well, what... What subject? I mean, what subject am I going to do? What am I going to do? And like, I said, where do you even begin? Yeah. Yeah, and I said, well, John, you know what's so crazy? Like, and, and this goes along with what you're saying. Everybody's life is a life that no one else is living, <laughs> which 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 is a brand new perspective, a brand new um, 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 channel of information. That, like you're saying, Joshua Tree. Someone out in Joshua Tree go, why would anyone want to know about my life? Well, people who don't live in the desert, people who you know would like to know what do you do eat rattlesnakes all day like what what goes on out there so it's interesting because everyone's got something very important to say now there are those that venn diagram with those who listen to them so let's say there are people who live out in freaking i don't know the desert you know deserts in a different area and they're listening to the to the podcast of those who live in joshua tree they could be like oh i relate to that or oh wow we don't have cacti like that where we live you know yeah. there could be something they relate to people who listen to it like yourself who do not live in the desert now you got that new information, you know, so there's always something good, there's always something awesome coming out of it, and so, that's the funny thing, even if you just ramble, even if you just speak gibberish, I mean, there's something that can be learned, or something that can inspire someone to do something, like, I'll tell you right now, utilizing this as a, a scratching board, as a, just a whiteboard of just, you know, it's like, this, this podcast to me is like the equivalent of doodling while you're on the phone doodling while you're on the phone get, get out any criti criticism get, wash out any over analyst, uh, analyzations and it's first thought best thought Just, there we go there we go there it is there it is and you put it out there now what happens is let's say for instance while I'm walking down the street on my way to the bus stop and, I'm, and I have some revelation about something 
and I'm talking. Now what's so cool is now this opens up the opportunity for things like synchronicity to come swooping in. Unknown surprise cosmic circumstances to go, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, do you know what? I was just talking about that, and guess what, guys? A fire engine just drove past. We were just talking about fire engines. Listen to that, guys. Look what we did. You know, so then we, you can be like, holy cow, I was there with this person while they experienced this revelation, this epiphany, this synchronicity, whatever this cosmic moment was. Um, or I get to hear them, at, you know, okay, sometimes I'll play a riff. A riff will come into my mind, and I go, okay, I'm going to play a riff. I play 30 seconds of a riff, there it is, bam, there it is on the podcast. Will I use that song in the future? Perhaps. If not, it's there, it's documented. I can always go back and I can listen to it. Heck, anyone else is uh, is available to utilize any of the stuff that's on this podcast. Would I appreciate it if they said, you know, gave me some credit or... or, or you know, said, hey, Kurt, I like what you did on thing. Let's collaborate on doing this thing. Like, that would be awesome. Like, that would be phenomenal. Could you imagine if if you got 10 different people who've listened to 10 different podcasts of yours or even 10 different people listen to the same podcast and each of those people get a different idea of one of the subjects that you said during that podcast and this person goes, ooh, I like that riff. I got some lyric ideas and I got a good bridge. I just came up with a good bridge. Let's collaborate on that song. Awesome, cool. Another person goes, Hey, that crazy idea that you had about the um, a- astronaut bouncing around, you know, uh, uh, on, a che- on a cheese trampoline. I love that idea. I- I'm going to write that story. Do you want to help me out with it? Yeah, sure. Another person goes, ooh, that's that uh, dream that you had about eating the peanut butter jelly sandwich. That sounds real good. Let's, you know, let's write a poem about it. Cool. Could you imagine how crazy that would be if now all of a sudden you've got all these, all these collaborators have now just sprouted up out of nowhere? Tell, tell that, uh, can you retell that story you told me earlier today, like about how you were doing the, the would-be theme songs for other podcasts, Oh, yeah, right? so I was going through those uh, on Anchor. You can actually find, at the top, it'll just feature a bunch of podcasts. So you can, you can click on the podcast, it'll show you the screen, and then at the top of it, it says message. So at the top, when it says message, what's so cool is you could press that and you can leave like a minute long thing. So I've just been going through for that minute, sometimes 15 seconds, sometimes less, sometimes a full minute, and I'll just spontaneously sing the theme song. I'll just go, you know, let's say if there's this, uh, there's like, for instance, there's the podcast Over the Thread. So I might just suddenly, you know, just start singing Over the Thread, don't step over the thread, there's something crazy over the thread. Thank you. You know, and then I just hang up and there it is. And then I title it Over the Thread theme song. And then I'll just send that to these people. Now, there have been three or four occasions where then I got a, a return message from them going, Oh my god, I love this. How can I use this? Or or can I use this? Or or they just go ahead and they just feature it in the next podcast. And I'm like, that's so cool. That's so great they did that. That was just my little gift to them. So that's what I love about it too, and the fact that you can just call up other podcasters and be like, okay, cool. This is being recorded right now. We're actually making a podcast right now. And this is, you know, recorded for archival purposes, for our future selves to listen to. How cool is that? That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's so, just so amazing. fun, man, to just make it happen. Like, otherwise, you just overthink it, you know, analyze stuff until uh, all the cows come home and you won't get anything done. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. So I just dive in. I'm definitely going to do one. And maybe I'll do, maybe I'll do two. I don't know, but I've, I'm uh, at that point. I'm thinking about it for the last year, I guess. Definitely burning at the back of my brain. You know? Well, the cool thing is, you know, this is the crazy thing. No matter how well you plan it out, and and you know, and you rack your brain trying to make it, plan it out, make it perfect. No matter what, as things just naturally happen for us, as creative people specifically, it's going to morph 
it's going to always shape shift into something else. Yeah, so, you know, even if we go, okay, this is my limit, this is my perspective, and it's going to stay within this, and this is going to be the streamlined subject of the podcast. Well, when you little by little, you know, like that, that phrase nickel and diming, you know, it's just like slowly chiseling away till you don't realize that you're just standing on a toothpick. Like, well, how did this happen? I was on a, a I was on a tree before. How did this happen? You've nickel and dimed my tree away. What have you done? This is kind of like that same kind of thing because as you go along, you go, oh, I have an idea. Let's add this to it. And now that grows an extra thing to it. And it's going and now that, and you go, oh, let's add this other extra thing to it. And now that's growing, right? So each time after, you know, even 10 episodes, five episodes, it's now a different podcast than the podcast that you originally intended on doing in the first place anyway. <laughs> so just knowing that and resting easy in that leaves so much liberty to just create whatever the hell you it's want. Like a, like a quilt. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, patchwork quilt. Yeah. My podcast of many colors. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me check. Uh, okay, go ahead. This is John from Forgotten Tales, and uh, you're going to go on an adventure with me for Inspirato Projecto. Uh, I'm going to go order a Frappuccino. So, uh, yeah, it'll be exciting. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. I'm walking down the street. Uh, stay tuned. <laughs>